the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. You know who's great, Stu, is uh, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. And I have to say, Solid. great and attractive. Oh, more than attractive. Okay. Absolutely beautiful. You seem to have left that out, and I was I was worried about people who wouldn't know our opinion on her, her appearance. And you definitely wanted high. them to know? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, it's very high. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, we will talk about that and uh, share with you her latest in about 60 seconds. The world of business has gotten harder to exist in, especially for people of integrity. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. Everywhere you look, companies are towing the woke left line just because they've been bullied into thinking it's the only way. And when the left's bullying leaves off, their support of ESG scores and all the rest will, you know, make make it even worse you need to treasure the few businesses who actually stand for the values you believe in one of those is patriot mobile patriot mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100 percent us-based customer support team gives amazing personal service patriot mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom constitutional rights sanctity of life and our veterans and first responders. If you're paying too much for your cell phone service, make the important switch over to Patriot Mobile today. Great service and great causes tied to Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with the offer code Beck. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make the uh, switch today. And between the media, the left, the rhinos, we need to stick together. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT. It's 972-PATRIOT for Patriot Mobile. Well, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of uh, Chicago, is so profound and such a peacemaker. Uh, I've noticed that, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And attractive. (laughs) Physically beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you really feel that way because you've brought it up several times. Have I now? Yeah. Because I, you know, it's the first thing that hits my brain when I think of Lori Lightfoot. Okay. And sometimes I just blurt it out. Mm -hmm. I hadn't realized that I had already said it. So I apologize for that. No, that's all right. I mean, you feel strongly, obviously. You feel strongly about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a a bit redundant, you Mm -hmm. know, because I just keep saying it. But I want people to understand it's difficult to consider the, the, the regime uh, mm-hmm. The administration mm-hmm. of 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 Lori Lightfoot, without mm-hmm. factoring in that you know people mm. notice right away how pretty she is. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, if I didn't know better, uh, if if I didn't realize that you're happily married, right? I might think that you yeah, you got kind of a thing for. Her. I'm a bit concerned mm. that my wife might be listening mm-hmm. because you know it's di- mm. it's look it's difficult. I'm a guy. You know, I'm just, I'm a straight out all American male. Right. And, you know, you you see someone like Lori Lightfoot and And you're a cis male, right? You're cis. I I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am Mm -hmm. cis male. Mm -hmm. Now I was not born a cis male, of course, had a transitioned. Actually, I transitioned in 1989. (laughs) Did you? But then I transitioned back in 1999. Now it was not, I'm not saying I rejected my initial transition because that would be uh, that that's when people do that mm-hmm. and even if you cover it in the news you're called a hater and you get uh, thrown out of the media yeah so i just transitioned twice and oh. just happened to end up in the same spot which okay. is just it just happenstance but you just thought you'd try it out for a decade or so and then 
And then you, you went know back. what? No, Pat. No, I no, was born that right, way. Bo- I was right. born a person. That's what I forgot. Who transitioned okay. once and then transitioned <laughs> back. Yeah. Individually. Okay. Not retracing my steps. Mm-hmm. I just decided to because of the way I was born to yeah. transition back and then <laughs> because of the way you were born and mainly a lot I will say a good chunk of the reason I transitioned back mm-hmm. was Lori Lightfoot oh wow you know just just so attractive wow even so back then in 1999 <laughs> oh yeah you think she's good looking now <laughs> imagine her back in 1999 I can't I can't imagine it <laughs> oh, I, I can't. can't I can't either nor do I necessarily want to <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you were talking about the yes. very attractive mayor of Chicago uh, and her peacemaking ability right now. She talked about, you know, how toxic our discourse is right now. Here's what she had to say yesterday. And then we'll show you an example of what she's talking about oh, from okay. last Good. week. The toxicity in our mm-hmm. public discourse yeah. is a thing that I think we should all be concerned about. It's true. Right? And it's mm-hmm. ironic, obviously, that we're having this conversation. It is and ironic. What on uh-huh. Independence Day. Yeah. You know, we're not like a lot of other countries where uh, independence, their version of Independence Day is marked with, you know, tr- uh, troops and mm-hmm. tanks. And yeah. no, what we do in the United States is we come together yeah. as a community. Yeah, yeah. And here, here's her coming together last week. He said, thank you, Clarence Thomas. Oh, yeah. F, F you, Clarence Thomas. So that's... Uh, Ironic, I think, is the word she used. used. Yeah, that's a good word. It, it really it's is a good word. Ironic, mm-hmm. and I might throw in mm, hypocritical. Really? Uh, yeah, I might throw in, that in, in. In what way, Pat? In the way that she's talking about the toxicity in our discourse after having been toxic in her discourse just last week. Mm. But if she would have handled it a little bit differently and said, you know what? Just last week I was saying F you to Clarence Thomas. And I've decided that's too toxic. Would it, It'd be a little different. It would be an interesting approach, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, there is that. There, you, there is something to that. And I, politicians, whether they meant it or not, used to exploit moments like that. They're, they used to make a big mm-hmm. deal out of it. Yeah. You know, when your side did something wrong, you call them out. You know, I, I mean, not to bring up the the example that's been brought up a million times, but that social, sister soldier moment of the Clinton administration, where he kind of called out like uh, his uh, people who were his own supporters. Yeah, and it, I think it earned him some level of respect at that time from mm-hmm. people across the aisle who said, "Wait a minute, thanks for calling those idiots out." And I think that there's something to that. It, there used to be. You know, and especially when you're doing it yourself, you're calling out yourself for your own behavior. You're right. She makes yeah. a statement. She says, look, the toxicity is a problem. Now, look, there's you know, I don't like the the state of our debate in this country. And I'm a person who just told you and to show you how much effort I made on this. Mm-hmm. I'm a conservative. Mm-hmm. Lori Lightfoot's a Democrat. And I've said nothing but how attractive she is the entire show. <laughs> that is an example <laughs> Of coming across the aisle yeah. and, and citing Reaching something out. positive yeah. about someone on the other side. So I mm. obviously lead the way obviously. on this. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. But like, you know, and I'm a person who's, you know, sold Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. Right. And Andrew Cuomo is awful Which mugs. some may say that was toxic. <laughs> that, maybe some might say that. And I, I don't necessarily love that that's how we do things here. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the greatest thing in the world. I do. Hmm constantly engage in it but i don't necessarily <laughs> think it's the greatest way mm. to run a country but there is 
literally no evidence whatsoever that our political toxicity has anything to do with the shooting. This person seems to be completely nuts. He's mm-hmm. got tattoos all over his face. He uh, has been talking about, fantasizing about, uh, and rapping about school shootings for God knows how long. This does not seem to be one of these things where he's like, I just don't agree with the minimum wage policies of this country. That doesn't seem to be an example of this at all. The, the, the response every single time, especially from the left, about guns after every shooting strikes me as particularly toxic. They, they tend to blame uh, the, they put the blood on the hands of their political opponents. That's pretty toxic, but I don't think that's what she's referring to here. This is not an example of some person, at least as we know right now, and maybe we'll find this out. There has been some rumors of some of his postings having uh, some quote unquote right wing and they you know, that encompasses everything to the, to the media. When someone does something bad, every everything they post is quote unquote right wing. So I don't know mm-hmm. yet if this is accurate. But it doesn't seem to be politically motivated. It's, it seems to be random. It seems to be a very troubled person doing some very troubling things. It does not seem to be a politically motivated crime. No, it So doesn't. what does our toxicity have to do with that? Uh, nothing. Nothing. So what, it's just like these standard talking points that the very attractive Lori Lightfoot, she's keeps trotting out <laughs> after she just <laughs> violated them yeah. on stage in front of... Tens of thousands of people last week. And how is it that you don't at least acknowledge it? Do you not remember what you did last week? And she's done many times before. Uh, as a matter of fact, she's contributed to the toxicity a lot. I mean, when the pandemic was going on, she's telling everybody, hey, uh, stay in your house. Don't go anywhere. You can't go to gyms. You can't get your hair done. That day she goes out and gets her hair done. And then when she's questioned about it, she's all pissed off. Well, well look, I care about my hygiene. I know the rest of us don't. I, I will say, you know, obviously, she, obviously, she obviously cares about her hygiene. She's very, very attractive. About it. Yeah. This is a person who is right. highly uh, a specimen. Should of, be a supermodel. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I would say she is. She's mm-hmm. a supermodel without even trying. Mm-hmm. She just walks out every day on stage. Auto supermodel. She's on auto mode, Pat. And look, she needs to get her hair done. She needs to get her hair done. You know, mm-hmm. she's not like us, Pat. No, she's, she's not. not like us. Or she's not like she's important. Know, yeah, I don't. I, we're just dumpy guys. Yeah. You know, what, what, our hair gets cut. It doesn't get cut. When the, the mm. pandemic happened, all of our, uh, all of our, you know, all the haircutting places around here, all the the salons and, and barber shops were closed. And so I sat there for months and months and months without a haircut, like most people did in that period. And you know. Unlike most people, we have to be on camera every day doing our shows, Studios America, Pat Gray Unleashed. Mm-hmm. And did we look a little terrible at times? Mm-hmm. Probably. But you know what? No one cared because no one goes to us for our looks. They do go to Lori Lightfoot for her looks. That's what, why. Why <laughs> do. do people? You know move that for a fact? To, absolutely. Yeah. Why do people move to Chicago? It's nonstop of how violence. Lori right? Like why, why would you go? You Lori Lightfoot. You go for Lori Lightfoot. Yeah. That's why you go there. You move to Chicago specifically wow. to view Lori Lightfoot and just hope you see That's her. interesting in a, because you could view her from afar, <laughs> yeah, actually. But I mean, it's the same thing as watching the Super Bowl live or on tel- television. Right, you want to be there true. in person. You really do. And Lori Lightfoot, uh-huh. a Lori Lightfoot speech is the equivalent to the Super Bowl in my mind. <laughs> and you saw this yesterday with her incredible points. It's amazing that people like Lori Lightfoot are actually in charge of cities. She has been a catastrophe.
Right. Uh, I no, mean, is there anybody who, who argues with this? Anybody, any Democrat in Chicago that would argue with the fact that Lori Lightfoot has been a catastrophe? Yeah. This is not of someone who has his. Now, look, her attractiveness aside, she's not been a good mayor. No, she <laughs> has know? not. Look what's happened in Chicago. Well, she has been the mayor of it. I mean, they had the uh, what do they call it? This the Golden Mile or the. What is it called? In, all those great shops yeah, yeah, yeah. on Michigan Avenue. It's, it's a great city. Chicago it is, is a great city. Yeah. When you're not getting shot. And they were all city. vandalized and they were broken mm-hmm. into on a regular basis for the whole summer of 2020. And and then uh, she's got the shootings that happen every single day. And then every weekend you've got in the dozens of people who've been killed oftentimes killed and wounded by gunfire just normal course of behavior over and over and over that's what's so stunning about it you know it it is it's and it's so bizarre the way that the left approaches this you know there is this constant churn of violence in these cities Mm -hmm. who have been run by democrats for decades and decades and in some instances a half century or more honestly most instances now and it just keeps churning and churning and churning. No one seems to do anything about it. No one seems to care about it. The media doesn't seem to care about it. And you have these three giant uh, buckets of quote-unquote gun violence, which, you know, again, that's kind of a weird way to look at it. You're, you're seemingly blaming the tool used rather than the person using the tool. But let's go with it for a second here. You have these gun violence, these giant buckets. You have the gang violence that goes on, uh, generalized crime in these cities every single day which is a huge chunk of the problem when you're talking about gun violence. Then you have another huge chunk of the problem, which is suicide. About half, half, the, half the gun deaths in this country are suicide. And you have these two huge things that the left doesn't really seem to want to do anything about. They don't care about it. They never talk about it. And then you have this one tiny little fraction, which obviously doesn't matter if you were involved in one of these things. I mean, some of the details coming out of this Highland Park shooting are just heartbreaking i mean absolutely awful in every single way and if you're involved in something like that obviously there's no way to 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 make that pain feel any better but it's like it is a when you're talking about a nation it is a very tiny fraction of what we're talking about when we're talking about gun violence or violence overall and just because the left believes this is the way to convince people that your gun should go away this is how this is the one they go after all the time and you know because often they're guns that are purchased legally much more often than than the typical murder right they go through the system they go they pass through all of these laws Mm -hmm. uh and still are able to often get these guns where you know the typical gun we've talked about this before the, the doj did a study about state and federal prisoners And they asked them, all the people who got caught for gun crimes, they said, hey, where'd you get your gun? They did a survey of them. They found that 1.3% of them got it through a retail purchase. 1.3%. So a lot of them were stealing them from friends, uh, stealing them from uh, from, uh, friends or relatives, uh, giving gifts from friends or relatives. People just gave them the guns. Sometimes they found them on uh, other crime scenes. Sometimes they were bought off the black market. All of these other ways, but none of them regulated. None of them that any of these laws would actually touch. None of them. 
I mean, 1.3%. So they're trying to micromanage the criminal behavior of 1.3% of people who are already criminals by punishing 99.9% of the regular people out there that buy guns and don't use them for the nefarious purposes. It doesn't make any sense. It wouldn't make sense in any other context. But here we are. Because of people like Lori Lightfoot, the very attractive Lori Lightfoot, and other politicians throughout America who use these things for their own advantage. Obviously, Pat, no one could make the statement that Lori Lightfoot made yesterday with a straight face if they actually meant it. Right. You just were on stage saying, F the Supreme Court Justice, Clarence Thomas. And the next day, you're like, you know what we need is civility. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) 888-727-BECK. In life, there are good and bad surprises. Finding 20 bucks, good surprise. Car breaking down, really bad surprise. When you have a car protection plan through CarShield, those bad surprises are a lot easier to handle. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month that cover more parts than ever before. When you need a repair, you don't have to deal with the paperwork or the headaches. Just choose the mechanic you want to work with and CarShield administrators will handle the rest. And here's a good surprise. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. So lock in your price by getting coverage today and it'll never go up. CarShield helps make the surprise of your car breaking down easier to handle. Get coverage like I did because I never worry about my trucks at the ranch. I know when I need them, they'll be ready to roll. CarShield.com slash back. 800-391-8888. Save 10% on your plan now. CarShield.com slash back. 800-391-8888. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. We should note that not every mayor is as attractive as Lori Lightfoot, and there are other mayors in this country that are not known necessarily for their their physical beauty, but mm-hmm. are known for their wonderful policies and everything going on in their in their cities. Mm-hmm. For example, the uh, Philadelphia mayor is uh, he wants just a couple of new policies. He's not he, common sense. Mm. Common sense gun reform. Can we get some of that? I know we just passed a giant bill about it. Yeah. But like, why don't we have more done? You know, why don't we do something, Pat? Thank you. Uh, do something. 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 For example, <laughs> uh, this the Philadelphia mayor went to Canada a couple weeks ago. He said, quote, I was in Canada two weeks ago. Yeah. Never thought about a gun. The, uh, the only people who huh. I knew who had guns in Canada were police officers. That's the way it should be here. Yeah. That's pretty consistent with the Second Amendment, right? That's pretty consistent. Yeah. Would you say? I I don't know. And I I know when I go out, the only thing I think of when I'm in the United States of America is guns. (laughs) When when I'm out and about, all I can consider are guns. Mm. Are there guns on that person? Does he have a gun? This is how the left thinks. All the time. This is how they thought about COVID. Yeah. And this is how they think about guns. They, they, yes. they were like, oh my God, that person's a disease vector is how they've spent the last two years. And now that they're finally going outside, they're worried that everyone's going to shoot them. Even though these these situations, while it's a problem, very, very rare, it's important to, to say. Now, there were 51 shot and seven dead in New York over July 4th weekend. Now, you didn't hear anything about that. Because I guess they it didn't happen at a parade. I don't know exactly why you didn't hear about that, but that mm-hmm. that happened. And uh, one. And by of, the way, there's another city where it's very difficult to obtain a gun. Yeah, very difficult. And mm-hmm. the state who mm-hmm. is now like intentionally passing unconstitutional laws 
which right. it literally in the, the opinion from the other uh, day from Clarence Thomas, it talked about how you can't just name like the entire island of Manhattan as a special exempt zone from the carry permits. And then they just basically did that. They're like, well, you can't carry a, you can carry a gun. Of course. I mean, the Supreme Court said, but you can't carry it where other people might be or where there might be light. or darkness but other than that you can carry it wherever you might be Uh um a new york mayor by the way not shot new york mayor's aide was not shot this weekend which is uh news in and of itself i suppose but uh she was robbed uh excuse me he was robbed oh uh, by uh by an uh some person at gunpoint uh forked over his wallet and cell phone and then was assaulted when he refused to abide by the demands so life in the big city is going well, Pat, I guess is my really summary well. here. Yeah. Really and well. I think these policies, if you just continue to roll them out for a couple more decades, give give the Democrats 12, 15 more decades, and these problems are going to start to subside. Well, that's the thing. Give them a chance. Yeah, you got to give them a chance. Give them a chance. Yeah, you know, you're going to find out what's in these bills when you pass them. <laughs> and now that they're passed, just give them a couple of centuries of yeah. constant and unchallenged leadership and everything should be fine. The Glenn Beck Program. These days, you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. But with all that information just floating out there, it can make the Internet a practical goldmine for identity thieves. Actually, that's that's not fair to gold miners. Mining is actually hard work. Stealing your identity is dangerously easy. It's also incredibly costly and terribly frustrating if you get hacked. Now is an easy time to join up with LifeLock and help protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your information and alerts you to personal identity threats. And if you are a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock. They can't protect you from everything. Nobody can, but they're the best in the business in my book. 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off your first year. Identity theft protection starts here. Your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Yet another poll that bodes so well for uh, our brain-dead president, Joe Biden. He's uh, he's really not doing well in these polls. But, you know, here's the problem. Mm -hmm. They just haven't communicated their message well enough yet to the American people. If they could just communicate what they're trying to do to raise inflation, gas prices, Wait, to uh, allow free flow of illegals and drugs and terrorists across the U.S. border. If they could just communicate why they're doing all of these things, it would be so much better for them. You think you so? Know? You think putting Joe Biden out in front of the people more often for him to you know fall over on a bicycle in public yes, is that's the That's exactly real key? what needs to happen. Yes, exactly. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I, For him I, to stumble and stammer and not be able to get his train of thought going and 
say the wrong numbers. You notice this thing with numbers? He cannot Can give it? a what? number correctly. He can't do it. It doesn't matter if it's written on a teleprompter in 80 font. It doesn't matter. He just can't give you a number. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with that. Because he can get through some things some of the time. But he can never get through numbers. If he has to say them, he's screwed. Yeah, it's weird. Can't do it. There's like a mental block mm-hmm. of some sort. And I think mm-hmm. the mental block is, is is turned from a block into a giant wall Yeah, uh, that is impenetrable. <laughs> yeah. Because he really can't Definitely. do it. Now, let me give you some actual numbers here. Joe Biden, All right. when he started uh, in office, he was around mid-50s approval rating. And there he was, was a, as high as like 59, wasn't he? 58 or 59? Some polls. The Monmouth poll, I think he peaked at 54. Okay. But he has constantly fallen from those levels and to give you a sense it's it's very typical for a president to start their administration in somewhat of a honeymoon period you've heard that phrase before you get this sort of burst of everyone in america generally speaking the american people like the country they're willing to at least give a new president an attempt at success right like they're gonna say hey and i i'm i'm the same way like i was very confident Joe Biden was going to be a terrible president. <laughs> now, I don't know that I thought he was going to be this bad. I thought he was just going to be terrible. I can so, tell you I did not think he would be this bad. He's, he's I knew he was going to be bad, but there's no way you could have ever predicted how bad he would be. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what I expected to be different. And I, I didn't think the withdrawal from Afghanistan yeah. would be botched as badly as it was, for right. instance. Like, yeah. I didn't think inflation would be almost 10%, uh, right, or I, the wait. real number being close to 20%. I didn't think gas prices would be $120 per barrel, which they're down from that now, but $120 yeah. a barrel? Yeah, to use that, and the reason why, because you might say, how could you not think Biden was going to be this bad? Here's my, my two-part answer to that. One is we went through the Obama administration where you have a guy who I think arguably was more committed to the ideology than Joe Biden is. Uh, A guy with 60 Mm -hmm. votes in the Senate, a filibuster-proof majority, who of course did spend lots of money and launch a bunch of new programs, and we didn't see inflation like that at that time, right? Right. So like you think, okay, Biden has less support in Congress, is less convincing of a speaker. Uh, you know, obviously everyone loved Obama back in the day on the left. Mm-hmm. And so you'd think he'd get less done. And while he might be as bad as Obama, it might not be worse than that. Secondarily, I would say, you know, as a guy who who went through the Obama administration, who was in, in, the, in the Obama administration, Biden was obviously a guy who was far left but never seemed as committed to that ideology as, as Obama was or many people around him. Instead, what he has done has, is try to run this as if AOC is president. I mean, like, really, he has been, yeah. not only has he been a bad, incompetent president, which I you know, largely would have predicted pretty easily, I think, he has been much farther left than even the, the president he served under. Uh, at least yeah. i don't know if that's actually that's accurate he, at least he has governed that way and mm-hmm. he's governed that way with razor thin majorities mm-hmm. you know he's tried to pass six trillion dollars of build back better spending with 50 senators and then he talks about how frugal he's been <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't get that done. Unbelievable. You know, and he tried to get three point five trillion done. Then he tried to get one point eight trillion done. He's tried over, over and over and over. He spent yep. one point nine trillion on COVID nonsense that we did not need at that time. He then got the Republicans to come along for another one point one trillion of infrastructure spending that we did not need. Uh, and he's gone through all of this, and he's been. While the the general direction of incompetence, I think, was predictable with someone like Joe Biden, who's never really succeeded at anything in his entire life. I mean, the guy's been a, a complete failure at everything he's attempted in his entire life. Mm-hmm. So this is what you get when you when you select someone like that. But like he has been much, much more incompetent than I could have imagined. I, I mean, I, I honestly believe if you picked a random stranger off the street and put him in office, he could not be worse than Joe Biden is. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this might just be because at times he's completely tuned out. But I, I think that if that stereotype were, were true all the time, it, things would be going better. You know, if, if he handed this off to leftists who were generally professionalized at what they were doing, you know, some of these advisors who were around him, if he handed off the presidency completely to those people, I think things would be going better because at mm. least those people would be able to do things in some relatively competent fashion. Afghanistan is the perfect example of that, Pat. We all knew the, what the left wanted out of Afghanistan. They wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. They didn't, they don't, you know, they don't prioritize our defense. We all know the way that they act and a lot of us were on board with hey eventually this needs to end but mm. like the way they did it was was just pure and utter incompetence fueled by an ideology that blinded them from any of the downsides and that sort of thing is it's almost impossible to predict it, 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 it's almost as if you've hired someone who's intentionally trying to destroy the country that's what it feels like at times yes with, with joe biden which it, it, there's a question we ask almost every day on on pat gray unleashed which happens immediately before the show live and then anytime you want on on your podcast. But uh, if you were trying to destroy the country, what would you do differently? Yeah. And I can't think of anything. No. I mean, they're, they've covered all the bases and then some. I mean, after it's one thing to spend $1.9 trillion on, on stuff we didn't need when you come into your administration. Almost mm-hmm. every administration seems to get one bill like that at the beginning. Like, you know, the, the stimulus plan with Obama. Everyone seems to have that one bill that they get passed at the beginning. The tax cuts for Trump. Like, everyone gets mm-hmm. one through, it seems. So he gets the $1.9 trillion through fine. Like, obviously, it's not fine at all. But, like, we kind of expect that. And, but that was really before inflation started hitting. In a, in a noticeable way in the statistics, it was happening. I think it was bubbling under. You saw, you know, things like cryptocurrency react to it, right? And have that big run um, that kind of led those numbers, but it didn't lead the spending. The spending was there. It started, obviously, in 2020 with the COVID stuff initially. And then once we the country had already started bouncing back, people were going back to work. We spent another $2 trillion on it. So that was really... The thing where Democratic economists were coming out and saying, guys, I'm with you on a lot of this stuff, but you got to stop, right? Mm -hmm. People who were Mm -hmm. in the Obama administration, the Treasury Secretary in the Obama administration came out and said, hey, guys, you do this now, we're going to have massive inflation. But okay, they get that through. Then the inflation happens. They do the infrastructure bill, and then he still wants multiple trillions of dollars of spending 
after we've seen the results, after the inflation has happened, after everybody's already paying the price for this, they still want to spend multiple trillions of dollars. So there's this weird intersection where President Biden stands in the middle of every single day between complete and utter incompetence and an odd ideological lock that's immovable by facts. You know, we everyone goes back to, you know, Chairman Mao, right, who's like, yeah, look, uh, things aren't going so well, but we just keep pushing through. You know, yeah, sure, 10 million died. Uh, and, you know, let's keep we, let's keep going. And eventually this will turn around. And they just keep going and going and going and going and going. That sort of ideological dedication to this ridiculous spending and these terrible ideas is fascinating from Biden. And then his execution of it is always terrible. So those two things combine to the lowest approval rating ever recorded from any president up until this day of the presidency this is now he's he's surpassed trump who was the other guy who had a low approval rating and again the asterisk is always there with trump because he started without the honeymoon period he's his his approval rating was literally the entire time he was president never above 50 percent so he started much lower than these other presidents because he came in obviously as a pretty divisive figure uh, he just never approval rating was never his thing, right? That's not how mm-hmm. he won the presidency. That's not how he governed. He never he never tried to be this like broad base. Hey, everybody come together. Guy, he was a guy who said, "Look, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm going to do." And that's what a, a lot of people on, on on the conservative side liked about him, right? He just didn't he didn't care. Well, that's not what Biden ran at. He's ran as the opposite of that. A guy who was supposed to bring the country together. He was this big uniter. He was going to bring everybody together. So he started at 54%. Um, by summer, he was down in the mid-40s. Then you had Afghanistan go on. He dropped down to 42%. And then since the end of the year, 42 40%, 39%, 39%, 38%. And then, yet again, another new low. This is the Monmouth Bowl, 36% approval rating. This is, again, lower than any other president at this point in their presidency in recorded history, going back to, I believe it's Truman. So, pretty incredible. If he could just communicate better what he's done, though, his his message (laughs) just needs to be communicated better. And then I think he'd skyrocket. You do? Yeah. Now, do you think he could clear these numbers? Because let me give you the breakdowns by parties. All right. Okay. 3% (laughs) approval by Republicans. Now, that is... three? Three. Three percent? Oh, I've never seen that. I don't think we've ever seen that, have we? You might say that's not so good. Okay. (laughs) Now, I'm going to say right off the bat, that doesn't seem good. It doesn't. I'm going to allow you to believe that. Okay. But it's not two or one, which are the uh, the other lower options. Or zero. It could be zero percent. That's a good spin on that, Stu. So it's three percent, which is much better than the alternatives of zero, one, or two. Okay. Okay. Yes. It's bad. 50% 50% higher than two. Now, independents, though, mm-hmm. must absolutely love him. <laughs> they love him. Absolutely love him. Now, you might say, what you, what you in a stereotypical world, what you might get is a 0% approval rating from Republicans, 100% uh-huh. from Democrats, and 50% from independents, right? That might yes. be what you'd expect. Independents, 29%. Now, that is That's catastrophic levels. Abysmal. A cat, uh, it's catastrophic. It is. Yeah, a lot is. of these people are Democrats Jeez. who just kind of say they're independents. Like, you know, I, I, I'm i a registered independent. 
obviously I'm conservative and do not vote for Democrats, but I am a registered independent. I'm, you know, I've been that for my entire life. So I would fall into the category of independent. And so this is true for both sides. There's a lot of people who register as independent. They're not necessarily in a party, but mm-hmm. they have real leanings. Those people are included in that 29%. So there's a lot of Democrats essentially in there and they, they are counting in that 29%. But this Incredible. actually might be the most disturbing one, and it's not going to sound that bad, but only 74% of Democrats approve. And those numbers, to give you context of that, is about where Nixon was among Republicans when he left office. Wow. Uh, only about, about 70% approval rating for, for mm. Nixon when he left office among Republicans. So your party basically doesn't abandon you, right? You're always going to have most of those people with you. It's impossible to get it lower not impossible. I shouldn't put it past Biden, but it's very difficult to get it any lower than this. This is basically your bottom. It's really hard mm-hmm. to get your approval rating down to 74% among the party that elected you. It just, just right. doesn't happen very often. And here we are at 74%. You start getting that into the 60s. And I don't know. There will be that talk. And I think a lot of it depends on what happens in this election coming up. As to whether he's the candidate in 2024. And they definitely, uh, already they don't want him. Yeah, we should get into some of they that maybe today. They don't want him. There's some, big, there's some big stories that have come yeah. out recently on this. A bunch of celebrities called the White House, and they had this little call that they've been doing where, hey, guys, what if you guys do some TikTok videos? You guys can post some TikTok videos. Here's what we'd like you to say in your TikTok videos to support the administration. Now, this oh has gosh. been going on for a while, but now those celebrities are like, <laughs> why? Why are we going to do that? You, what are you doing for us? Like, yeah. they're fighting back. Um but like if this election goes as badly as it may for Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to see, I think, a real push for someone like Gavin Newsom to be the candidate uh, instead of Joe Biden. I don't think they're going to push for Kamala. No, I don't think so either. Why? Uh, because she's a black woman. The only reason. <laughs> they're racist. Yeah, they're exactly. racist. Triple eight, seven, two, seven. Back. The Glenn Beck Program. Ever since he tried the Rough Greens for the first time, my dog, Uno, has changed. He's a completely different dog. I hear from people all the time in the audience. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of letters have come in who have had the same experience with their dog. They've heard me talk about Rough Greens on the show. They get some for themselves. And as soon as they sprinkle it on the dog's food, the dog literally wolfs it down. And it's really good for him. It's not a dog food. It's just chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils that you sprinkle. Your dog needs these things to be healthy. My dog was easy. From the first time he tried Rough Greens, Uno was in love. Some dogs take a little bit to get used to the new flavor, though. Dr. Dennis Black, the inventor of Rough Greens, was on the phone with me last week. He doesn't want that to be a reason for you not to try. So right now, he's got a special gift available. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay is shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. Put it on your dog's food and begin to watch your dog become healthier. And Stu for Glenn, uh, we got to tell you about uh, Deborah Messing and what she had to say about Joe Biden. You don't, you don't want to displease Deborah Messing, right? From Will and Grace, well, she's one of the most important voices in, in the world. 
in history. I don't want to go too far of the world. No, I don't. Okay, I don't think you can go too far when it comes to Deborah Messing. Mm -hmm. That's how important she is. She's a prominent, prominent. She's a teacher, a scholar. Yeah, you know, really genius. Genius is a great word to describe her and her her ideas. Yeah. And some of those ideas uh, we will tell you about because they're profound <laughs> and need to be understood uh, coming up soon. This is the Glenn Back Program. Let me tell you about American financing. There's something about a business being family owned and fully geared toward the best interests of its customers that has always been incredibly important to Americans, really everybody. And it might mean that even, you know, something in the, the coming months that's, that's been, you know, that's threatening your financial future, something you have to deal with uh, that is uh, coming. Uh, inflation's a great example of this. If you can find a way to save money now, if you can find a way to fight back against inflation by doing something else in your financial life, that's a, that might be a really wise time to do it. Not to mention, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, inflation uh, and in interest rates seem to be both kind of going the same direction. Uh, the world of home loan options isn't always a friendly one, and navigating it can be tricky, uh, but not everyone is there to help you. Since June of 2001, American Financing has been dedicated to working with you to help get your finances where they need to be. They started in their home, and they moved outward to yours. Uh, they've been working for you and not the bank ever since. Whether it's home loans, mortgage refinancing, or other forms of debt consolidation, American Financing has you covered. Their dedicated team of mortgage consultants are going to take care of you. Check them out now. Go to uh, AmericanFinancing.net or 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. this week uh we talked about joe biden's approval rating which is incredibly low and uh there's some dissatisfaction even among the extreme leftists in hollywood tell you about that uh coming up in about 60 seconds Well, if you're buying a new home, no matter where you are, no matter where you're going, you need realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area. This is a company that Glenn started several years ago, and he basically went through a situation where he had a bad experience selling a home, and he realized his process was off. You know, trust the process is great when your process is solid, but his process was off, and he tried to rework that entire experience by creating realestateagentsitrust.com. Don't just go and go with a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Don't just pick up a name off of a bulletin board or a bench uh, ad. 
you need to find somebody who actually is qualified and doing the best work in your area. And that's where you go uh, to realestateagentsitrust.com. We know thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people have moved from California and New York and Illinois to red states where, I don't know, things are a little bit more sane. COVID's done that. Uh, we've seen it happen over and over and over again. When you're moving to a real uh, new area, area, you need the best real estate agent in that area. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Whether you're buying or selling a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Americans believe we're on the wrong track. Um, Well, 88% of us do. Just only 88%. And it's not like it's 100% of people. There's still 12% who think we're doing great. <laughs> Even if you're a Democrat, you can't be. How can you be? That's, you just got to be like screwing with the pollsters. Like yeah. there's a certain amount yeah. of people who will just say the thing you're not supposed to say to a poll. Mm-hmm. That's factored in all the time. No matter what question you ask, you will not get 0%. And that is true. But I have never seen 88%. Uh, say that we're on the wrong track. Well, that's what I mean. I, I mean, that's I, unbelievable. I th- I'm saying that 12% I think is lying. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think they're just like, no, nah, uh, come on. That's the, It's incredible. We know what you want us to say. We we obviously things are going terribly, but hey, you know, I, I had to, I had that conversation with my kids this weekend and that, you know, they hear, I think they hear a lot of bad, you know, bad news. They think things aren't going well and they don't watch the news, obviously. They're you know, mm-hmm. nine and 10 years old, but you get a general idea that people are a little upset with the president uh, we live in texas so biden's approval is not even the lofty 36 percent he is nationally i mean even people do not generally like biden here in texas but it's like you have to I had to keep reminding him yeah you know we have a really things are not going great and then joe, joe biden's not a great president but we still have the best country in the world we st- it's still mm-hmm. the best place to be like i'm mm-hmm. trying to keep that july 4th spirit alive a little bit is not is a bit mm-hmm. challenging it honestly is. And I think that's a bit unfair. It still is legitimately the best country. I do not want to go anywhere else. I love it here. There's a lot to love. Mm -hmm. But man, it's a challenging time. It is. And it's hard to be excited about the future with this sort of leadership. It is. And that's why his approval ratings at 36% (laughs) in the new Monmouth uh, poll. Uh, But there's even discontent among... You know, his extremist base, like uh, the Hollywood elites. Yeah. People like Deborah Messing, mm-hmm. who is unpleased with, with him right now. Now, people might say, wait, wait, you might say, wait, who is Deborah Messing? Like, that might be your oh, initial on. question. Like, wait, why why are you saying this name as if I should know what it is? And uh-huh. of course, Deborah Messing was one of the stars of Will and Grace, the fo- right. a foundational uh, educational program mm-hmm. that aired in this country in and the, the Joe 90s-ish? Biden yes nineties and maybe the early two thousands okay uh, but Joe Biden said this about Will and Grace just to give you an idea of how important Will and Grace was Will and Grace probably did more to educate the American public than almost anything anybody's ever done ever. yeah yeah now you the, ever yeah. anyone ever. has Any, ever anyone. done so like the founding ever. fathers for example yes they've did Will and Grace was by far more informative is that and true? educational than than the founding fathers what about some of the religious scholars and leaders from history uh popes and yeah leaders of churches right no will and grace will and grace uh far Al- exceeds them albert einstein you know one of the don't even great not not don't even, even not to will no. the will and grace level no okay <laughs> i mean will and grace 
you have to know it's important. Now, I, I, am I, I don't want to uh, misgender anyone here. I want to be very careful. But okay. was she Grace? Am I, am I to assume that she was yes. Grace in Will and Grace? Yes. Accurately? Indeed okay. she was. All right, good. Mm-hmm. So she, Deborah Messing, the former Will and Grace star, was among dozens, dozens, mm-hmm. I want you to hear that word again, dozens, Okay. of celebrity Democratic supporters and activists who joined a call, dozens of celebrities and activists who joined a call with the White House... Last Monday to uh, to discuss the Supreme Court overturning of Roe versus Wade. The mm. mood was fatalistic. And, you know, sometimes you need to stop and say, we've been saying that maybe things aren't going so well. Think of how great it is oh. that there was a fatalistic call I between love that. dozens of I celebrities in the White House. God, Does that I make me that. a bad person that oh. I love it so much? I love it. I, I have to love it, too. In I, your face. I, I love that. <laughs> and I know. Again, we were talking... <laughs> About Lori Lightfoot, the very attractive, by the way, Lori yes. Lightfoot, oh, yeah. earlier saying that we need civility right after saying F. Clarence Thomas. And mm-hmm. we also <laughs> want civility and also feel great about that phone call. <laughs> and I, I just, I mean, I, I, it almost makes me feel romantic. I love it so much. Yep. You know, it is like I want to have a sip of wine. Mm-hmm. I want to just sit back and maybe some candlelight lit. Right. It's a romantic evening with this story. <laughs> uh, the mood was fatalistic, according to three people on the call, which is also co- co- oh, God. co-organized by the advocacy group Build Back Better Together. Oh my Could gosh. they have worse names than these? Are? Build Back Better Together? It's just a collection <laughs> of words. Did AI write that? I don't even understand. It's so clunky. It is. Build Back Better Together. We've obviously mm. covered the history of build back better and very very there's quite a bit of evidence that it was created overseas and just translates poorly it's just like you know a bunch Mm -hmm. of foreign leaders used this before biden picked it up and it seems like it's just they just translated and stole a sort of uh you know great reset-esque phrase from other world leaders and just like oh build back better build back better build back better (laughs) it's just terrible well it, they all start with b yeah i know but then so you, somebody's like whoa that's perfect and it ends in er yeah right right and then you and add in together, together at the end so you got build back better together <laughs> uh, who, who would name their organization this is as you're like tr- a four-year-old right like someone who had a giant dartboard of words and just started throwing darts blindly at it. The first four words it hit, they put in the name of the organization. It's just <laughs> terrible. Uh, Deborah Messing, by the way, is uh, Grace from Will and Grace. And that has One some big history. One of the most history. important uh, shows. Will and Grace probably did yeah. more to educate the American public <laughs> than almost, almost anything anybody's ever done. It's, it's, you know, yeah. One thing, I, I, don't, I don't want to call it our president here. Because it, sometimes we are critical. We can be critical of our leaders. And I want to be very careful when we do that. But I don't like the way he seemed to allow for a possibility that someone was more educational. He he, he says <laughs> almost anyone else has ever done. It's not strong enough. Which acts as if someone could have possibly, maybe he's not thinking of it at that time. Right. He's allowing for the possibility <laughs> that someone taught us more than Will and Grace. And I find that to be offensive. Me too. I, I hope that's not what he meant. Me too. You know, maybe he's just trying to uh, allow for something like the, the alt-right 
to, that might have a different opinion, but I feel mm. like Will and Grace was definitely number one in our education over the past few centuries, at least. There's no question. Okay. No question. <laughs> so Deborah Messing from Will and Grace said she gotten Biden elected. Oh, I'll just she? say that one more time, because <laughs> as you know, she's has Will a big... and Grace probably did mm-hmm. more to educate the American public and than almost anything almost anybody's anything. ever done. <laughs> Can right. you picture these lunatics sitting at home saying Deborah Messing thinks she got Joe Biden elected? <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of insane Unreal. person you have to be to be as to have the lack of influence of Deborah S. Messing and think you got the president elected? I mean, you have to be completely off your rocker to think that. And yet she does. Mm-hmm. Deborah Messing said she'd gotten Joe Biden elected and wanted to know why she was being asked to do anything at all. Yelling. God, I love this. I love this phone call, Pat. I, I love it. She's yelling mm-hmm. at the White House, yelling that there didn't even seem to be a point to voting. <laughs> Others wondered why the call was happening. The, that afternoon, participants received a follow up email with a list of basic talking points. This is how your society operates, everybody. This is how. Why Why is the media all saying the same thing at the same time? Why are all these celebrities doing the same mm-hmm. Instagram posts at the same time? Because the White House is telling them to do it. And this is why they think that everything we do is coordinated, coordinated and planned like this. Because that's how they operate. We do not no. on the right. And I, I, a lot of people argue we should because yeah. it's obviously somewhat yeah. of an effective tactic because people are idiots and they fall for this stuff. There's people out there yep. like Deborah Messing. Yes. Who, who got the president, president elected. elected and has taught us more than almost anybody ever has. Well, I Will understand. Will probably did more yeah. to educate the American public than almost then, anything anybody's ever done. I don't ever. like the use of his word, the word almost, probably there. Probably and almost no, need they, to be removed from removed. that statement. See, another gaffe from Joe Biden because yep. they definitely taught us more <laughs> than anyone ever. Um, that afternoon, they got uh, the uh, follow-up email, which gave... These dozens of celebrities and activists, a basic list of talking points and suggestions of Biden clips to share on TikTok. This is a real story I'm reading you right now. This is just word for word from CNN. My gosh. Wow. The call three days after the decision eliminating federal abortion rights. It's not really what it did, but encapsulates the overwhelming sense of frustration among Democrats with Biden. It offers a new window into what many in the president's party describe as a mismanagement permeating the White House. No! How dare you say that? Top Democrats complain that the president isn't acting with, or perhaps is even capable of, the urgency the moment demands. And that's interesting, because they think he should overturn the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe versus Wade. Right. That's what they believe. <laughs> They're so stupid. Yeah. They believe that he has some sort of mechanism where he can make this all go away. Well, he can't. Well, there is a bit of fan service you can do in these situations, and it's it's happening in New York right now, for example. The, the, the ruling comes out in the Supreme Court where mm. Clarence Thomas uh, writes the opinion, hey, you can't just say the Second Amendment is some secondary right that you don't have to respect. People get to re- carry their guns around. And in the mm-hmm. ruling, they say specifically, you can't just turn like, yes, we, there can be, sep- you know, special exceptions, certain areas, you know, a, a courthouse, a bank, you know, there can be certain areas where you don't have guns. But, you know, you can't just say Manhattan is a, a protected area, right? right? Which is what they are essentially trying to do. And so... That overrule happened. The rule was uh, tossed out. 
And so Kathy Hochul went immediately to the legislation. They passed a law that basically did that. That basically said, well, of course, now you can carry a gun. We're, we're, we agree with the Supreme Court on that. Well, we don't agree, but we're going to honor their ruling because that's our system of government. Let's now pass a law that basically designates any place you would possibly carry a gun as illegal to carry a gun. Exactly what the Supreme Court said you can't do. And so the fan service part of this is their activist friends, their supporters, their idiot Deborah Messings will say, good, they're doing something about this. Now, Kathy Hochul knows that eventually this will get overturned in the courts. Mm-hmm. It will probably get overturned pretty quickly in the courts. And she knows this will eventually happen. But what she can do then is blame the court. She doesn't have to take responsibility for any of the things that occur. She doesn't actually have to govern. She doesn't have to actually come up with a plan. She doesn't have to actually do anything. She just puts it on them to tell her no. And then she could say, well, I tried. I tried to do something and that darn Supreme Court stopped me again. And let me try a new law. And again, that one will be overturned because this is how our system of government works. But there are a lot of Deborah Messings in the world. Not always as influential as Deborah Messing, but as dumb as right. Deborah Messing. Well, they Debra couldn't Messing. possibly be as influential as Deborah Messing because... Will and Grace probably did more to educate the American public <laughs> than almost anything anybody's ever done. That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people don't have that sort of influence, but mm-hmm. they are as stupid as Deborah Messing. So she will cheer something like that on. She'll say, oh, well, finally someone's doing something. But it doesn't mean anything. And and this has been a very common refrain. We're starting to see this, in, you know, you see it in the world of sports all the time. The NFL suspends someone for, you know, 58 seasons. And then, of course, it just gets overturned in some arbitration hearing. And the, mm-hmm. the NFL can say, well, we tried. We did what we could. They overturned it. What are we? Hands in the air. What are you going to do? It's very typical tactic. And going into an election, this is exactly what Kathy Hochul is doing in New York. And it is probably what a bunch of states are going to do. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More patents too for Glenn coming up. Life is about being active. Whether it's about going on your daily tasks or exercising, you know you're well when you're regularly active. But what happens when being active actually hurts by the end of the day? This is the position I found myself in a number of years ago. Everything I wanted to do in my daily life, all of the activity it called for was held captive to almost constant nagging pain. When I heard about Relief Factor, I was skeptical, but my wife said, give it a chance. Not long after I took it, I could feel the pain begin to melt away and i've been taking it ever since and i can tell you that relief factor has helped me get my life back i love that it's not a drug but it was developed by doctors and about 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more your first step to becoming pain-free just might be ordering a three-week quick start for only 1995 go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 for relief or relieffactor.com find out all about this offer and feel the difference oh man still more from the uh big phone call with the hollywood elites and the white house so good pat this article i mean i don't like i don't praise cnn this often but this is just this is just fantastic (laughs) two dozen leading democratic politicians and operatives as well as several within the west wing tell cnn that they feel this goes deeper than questions of ideology and posture. Instead, they say it goes to questions of basic management. Uh, multiple Democratic politicians 
who have reached out to work with Biden, whether it's on specific bills, brainstorming or outreach, often don't hear anything back at all. <laughs> Which is probably better than him actually answering yeah. because he's so incompetent. Potential appointees have languished for months waiting to hear if they'll get jobs <laughs> <laughs> or when they'll be done with vetting. Invitations to events are scarce. Thank you calls barely happen. Even some aides within the White House wonder why Biden didn't fire anyone from the West Wing or at the Food and Drug Administration to demonstrate some accountability or at least anger over the baby formula debacle. Now, of course, they well, did respond yeah. to that with Operation Fly Formula, one of the most successful <laughs> operations in, in the, the history, history of the world. I of believe the world. Yeah, not as successful as Will and Grace, which had real impacts. Well, because uh, Will and Grace, Will and Grace which, probably uh, did more to educate the American public uh -huh. than almost anything anybody's ever done. And you can't approach even no, you can't approach that. You can't level, but uh, but it was successful. It was nonetheless inside the White House. Aides are exhausted. From feeling forever on red alert, batting at a swarm of crises that keep growing enough for the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, to make an offhand joke about the constant 11th hour decision making in the building when under fire at a recent daily briefing. When Corinne Jean-Pierre is critical of what you're doing, considering her job performance, oh. that is really saying something. <laughs> she it, the is worst. terrible, man. I, I mean, yeah. I hate... I, I hate mean, to say it. We never like these people no, on the left no. that, that lie every day for the White House, but she's really bad at it. She's I, exceptionally bad at it. I swear this had to be a, a hand-picked choice of Jen Psaki because yeah. Jen Psaki was not good at her job, but she looks like the greatest communicator yeah, in all of human history after comparing her with Corinne Jean-Pierre. Mm -hmm. Corinne Jean-Pierre can't get through one briefing without reading for multiple minutes at a time. Right. She, she just looks down at a binder and stares at it, <laughs> reading unrelated responses to the questions given. Every I mean, Peter Ducey really runs her in circles every day. I mean, it really is embarrassing. Again, yeah. I like the fact that the that the administration gets embarrassed over their terrible policies, but it, it is it's it's un, it's somewhat disquieting to watch the leadership of your country act this way so incompetently at every turn. Yeah. You'd, you'd like them. <laughs> yes. To not be so awful. You know, kind that, of, is yeah. that a weird thing to ask for? I know. I don't think it is. What if they weren't terrible? <laughs> what if there's an alternative world in which they didn't screw up everything they touched? I'm just throwing huh. that out there as a possibility for future ideas for Democrats. Yeah. What if you didn't screw up all things? Yeah. You know, uh -huh. all the things. What if all the things weren't screwed up all the time, all the time? I, like, I can't imagine what that would be like now because it's been two years of this almost uh, solidly yeah. screwing everything. I mean, they're the opposite of the Midas touch. Right. Everything <laughs> they touch turns to crap. Yeah. Like instead of screwing up all of the things all the time, what if you targeted screwing up some of the things some of the time? If, if, that Not, would be better. Instead of all of the things. Right. At all times. Be better all, than it is now. Time. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, is this your just ideas? We're throwing them out there. I, I don't know if they've <laughs> considered any of them. No, clearly they have not. No. But, I mean, look, they you have to understand that they, they could still turn this around with, with real power players behind them like Deborah Messing. Oh, yeah. Who was, I don't know if she, she was on Will and Grace, Pat. And that Will was... and Grace probably did more to educate the American public uh -huh. than almost anything anybody's ever done. Right. That's fascinating. So. That guy, 
that guy elected uh, to the White House. Yeah, that, that guy. The Glenn Beck Program. It's summer, and if your home project to-do list looks anything like mine, it's long. Beat the heat and put on new custom window treatments from Blinds.com at the top of your list. Stay cool and save up to 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com has premium shades, shutters, drapes, and so much more. They have outdoor shades that will transform your deck or patio. You need help selecting? They have design experts who are really good, and they're available for live consultations, and it's free. Need help measuring or installing? They got you covered there, too. Ordering online doesn't mean sacrificing style or service. Tanya and I have used Blinds.com so many times. We love their prices. Their customer service is absolutely incredible. Right now, the number one online retailer of custom window treatments is Blinds.com. So get up to 40% off everything right now at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Since we were just talking about our wonderful president, I thought we'd share a little something from the past uh, from Joe Biden. This is kind of interesting because um, something was said more recently along these lines, and the person who said it was vilified, demonized. They still uh, bring it up, and it happened, I don't know, three or four years ago, four years ago, maybe five. Uh, Joe Biden, back in 1993, talking about Confederate flag waivers, and here's what he had to say about them. The senator made a very moving and eloquent speech as a son of the Confederacy, Mm -hmm. Hmm. acknowledging that it was time to change and yield to a position that Senator Carol Mosley Braun raised on the floor of the Senate. Mm -hmm not granting a federal charter to a organization made up of many fine people oh. who, who hmm. continue to display hmm. the Confederate flag. Oh, no. my. Wait. Oh, my. Many fine people I've that heard display that. the Confederate flag. Where have I heard that before? Huh. I can't. Somebody else said that. I don't know if that exact it's phrase. Very fine people. Almost exactly the same phrase. Wow. Uh, somebody just unearthed that and it started, you know, circulating on the Internet. And uh, appreciate whoever it was that sent that to us because that's incredible. That is really incredible. <laughs> okay, Wait. You said the exact same thing 30 years ago, and now it's the worst thing you can possibly say. And like the, the same thing applies <clears throat> to Trump that applied to Biden at that time, which is, you know, like the point was more broad than saying they're both there are fine white supremacists. That's not what they're saying. That, no, they're no. saying that, you know, some people use that flag for I mean, look, the freaking Dukes of Hazard used the flag, right? Yeah, it was not yeah. seen as a uh, a 
right or wrong, was not seen as a white supremacist symbol its entire time. It was seen as something as a, it became something of a Southern heritage uh, symbol. Mm-hmm. And like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that put it up, even though maybe they should have seen it another way, you could argue it, but they put it up because they just, you know, like the South. That was it. It wasn't some big, you know, they weren't glorifying right. slavery. And I think that's what Biden is referring they, to here. Yeah. Right. Like he's referring to people who didn't use it that way. No, I think he's an absolute racist. Right. The, which is he's how talking we, about white supremacy right there. Exactly. And this is because how, that's, that's how they, they did deal with it. That's how they said it. But that's what they did with Trump. Yes. They acted as if they didn't understand. There, there's this idea of plausible deniability. Not is this actually what happened? But can I come up with a scenario Mm-hmm. That will allow me to convincingly argue that I think that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's happening right mm-hmm. now with the January 6th stuff. It's like, well, Donald Trump said he wanted people let into the area around his speech, uh, even though they were armed. And his, what he said, this is the accusation from the testimony in the January 6th thing, which I know you weren't listening to, so let me recount it quickly. She said, uh, Cassie Hutchinson said, hey, uh, the word I got was that he said he wanted people let in that were armed. And his answer was, well, these these are my people. They're not going to harm me. Yeah, he's thinking about they're armed, but they're not going to hurt anybody. So so what? Hey, security, relax. These are Mm -hmm. my people. They're not coming after me. I think everybody that hears him in the context of that moment with that phrasing, understands what really occurred there. That that is what he's mm-hmm. saying, if it if it happened at all. That he's saying, look, these are my people. I'm not worried about you letting them in. I know you're trying to protect me, but I'm not worried about that. Just because they have guns does not make them dangerous. I'm a guy who believes in the Second Amendment. Yep. Everybody understands. Everybody. Right. I think everybody on the left understands that's what Donald Trump meant with that. What they are saying publicly is they... He didn't care about anyone else. Mm-hmm. He didn't mind people with guns being around because they were going to go kill Mike Pence and 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 people in Congress, not him. So he didn't care about them. He wanted to lead them down. He wanted them to be armed because he knew they were going to target those other bad people that were trying to steal the election from him. Which is bullcrap, and now, they know it. Everybody know knows it. that's not what he was saying there. Right. Everyone. Yep. But they have plausible deniability because they've been able to come up with this ridiculous justification of another way he could have been thinking in that moment and then they all act as if they actually believe that's what he meant (laughs) and it's the same thing here you know over and over again the same thing is applied the the both the good people on both sides far fine people on both sides was an example of that they knew Right after that, in the speech, he said, I'm not talking about the white supremacists. So they knew he wasn't referring to that. Right. But they acted as if he was. And then a bunch of dumb people down the line don't look into it and think that's what really happened. And that is a it's a real problem. Uh, And it's been I would say it was always around before Donald Trump, but it was really brought out from the media when they tried to deal with Donald Trump. It set off this thing where they said, well, we don't have to try anymore. We don't have to act like we're trying. We don't have to look like we're trying to do journalism anymore. It's, this is too important. There's something going on here. This guy's too bad. He's, he's a different creature. We have to treat him differently. Stop acting like we're journalists. Just go for it. And that has set, that has set off. That's I really think, what they've done. Yeah. That set really off a is. really bad series of events. I, I think uh, it's really damaged 
our institutions. Now, look, Trump has, you know, has had problems with his institutions as well. It doesn't always care about them. There's no question about there have this has gone on. You know, this is not just the media doing it. It's everybody doing it at the same time. But the media seems to lead it because they're the ones that are supposed to be the responsible party here. We all know politicians act on their own behalf. We, they they act in their their own best interests. We we know that about politicians. Mm-hmm. The media is supposed to be the ones coming out and saying, "Hey, this is what's true and this is what is not true." They're trying to help us dissect when politicians make claims, which ones are true and which ones aren't. And they've given up that responsibility. They've ceded it completely. Yeah, I mean it's good yeah. for our business, I guess, because then there's someone else to to call it out and say, "Hey, this is true and this isn't." But man, it's not. I don't think it's good for society overall. No, it's I, I, just one of the things that we, I guess we've accepted along the way is the the media has just have flipped to a biased organization as a whole, and uh, and that's just the way it's going to be now. Just like the Democrats have flipped on certain things, uh, like when it comes to um, the pandemic, they've completely flipped on. Big Pharma. Big yeah. Pharma used to be the big <laughs> boogeyman. There were terrible people. They were overcharging the elderly. Yeah. They were responsible for driving people into poverty just because they wanted to be healthy. All of a sudden now, they're heroes. Big Pharma is, it doesn't get any better so for Democrats. Weird. I mean, so weird. I've done the show for 20 years plus now. Mm-hmm. You've done, you know, radio for even longer. The entire time I've done it, the Democrats hated big pharmaceutical companies, hated them. Absolutely. Made documentaries about how evil they were. Every movie that came out was about how a pharmaceutical company was screwing people over. Yes. They literally hated all of them all the time. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, they love them all the time. Yeah. And honestly, the same thing, the opposite has happened on the other side, where I, I don't know that Republicans ever loved pharmaceutical companies, but they certainly were more defending. I think of them. they understood yeah. that yes, they charge a lot of money for their for their product, but they do a lot of great but things. But they as do well. research and development, and yeah. almost all of that is done here in the United States by the pharmaceuticals in America. And so, yeah, I mean, the price is a little higher. Basically, every major development in modern medicine has come, come from, from the these, united, states. united states and many of yeah. these companies that yeah. doesn't mean they're angels it doesn't mean they're perfect no they have right. they have done plenty of stuff that they've gotten in trouble for they've literally you know they've gone through trials and done things that are wrong and put out magic medications that at some point have hurt people and they're all that stuff's true but they also done a lot of really good things yeah uh, and i think that i'm pretty sure i could be wrong but I'm pretty sure the correct attitude toward them is to w- look at them and watch them on their merits, not to love them or to hate them, mm-hmm. but just to say, okay, look, these guys are doing a good job with this right now. These guys are doing a bad job with this right now. That's kind of the sensible way. It doesn't <laughs> se- it seem like the, the left just seems to be absolutely despising them for 40 years and then absolutely loving them and treating them like they're God. A wholehearted embrace now. What? It's so oh, weird. Did you ever think them. you'd see that day? No. No, absolutely not. It's so strange. I, I don't. I and, don't uh, and what's even more interesting is that it was it was Trump who was working with all of these companies <laughs> to bring about this vaccine. Yeah. 
Uh, it's, uh, he seemed to have forgotten that little aspect. Yeah, like they, they hate ignore everything it. about him. Yeah. Except this. But then they don't even give him credit for that. Nope. They act as if he had nothing to do with it. It's right. I, I don't I just will never understand it. I was doing a podcast the other day and they were like, well, what do, we, what do you think some of this, the, the how did politics, you know, how did, what were the things that you noticed about politics that were strange during the pandemic? And like, I can't come up with a better example of that than that. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's the, stra- forget the reality of it. What's true and what isn't for a second. It's the strangest thing I've ever witnessed in politics. Like mm-hmm. the left absolutely despised everything Donald Trump touched yep. since he came into public view. And, th- and they told Everyone in the country to not take the vaccine because Donald Trump helped it. He was going to force a vaccine through without the proper safety testing. Andrew Cuomo formed a separate council to double check Donald Trump's work because they were so scared it was going to be a scam. (laughs) And Joe Biden won the election and all of a sudden it was the The best best thing thing that had ever existed. And it was perfect. It was on the other side, all of Trump supporters, and not all, but many of Trump supporters who stood with Trump as he campaigned on vaccine development mm-hmm. can't stand the vaccine <laughs> and never want to hear about it again. Right. Even as Donald Trump sits back and is like, I think it was this great thing that I accomplished. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> this guy they love just they true. don't want to hear word one about it i don't care what is true what isn't it is the most the strangest and fastest change it is weird. in a political a major and political sides completely flipped. completely switched to the opposite side yeah I, it's it really legitimately fascinating to watch that happen and, and I, I you know that will be one if if that will go down in just this in a in a political science study for the ages Mm-hmm. No question. Because you realize that people like Kamala Harris were telling you this was like poison as right. of like October 2020. And by January, she was getting the jab. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine Everything now. Everything is fine. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. And this is going to protect you. You won't get the virus if you get this. In fact, you're going to lose your job. Right. Are you a first responder who dedicated and your life to solving this crisis? You're out. And you're in, out on the streets. In fairness to Trump supporters who flipped on this as well, it was partially the mandate that made them flip. Yes. I, you know, it's uh, being yes. told that we must or else... Very well, then true. I don't want to. And that's very true. Look, yeah. there is, and everybody has their, their, you know, there's, it's, it's not pure, right? Like, you know, a lot of people who are big Trump supporters got vaccinated. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. Trump did very Jeffy, well with you. elderly, yeah, with elderly uh, supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you're at 90 some odd percent. So we know that a lot of people who are big Trump supporters did get vaccinated. But I think, and this is why I think your point is so valid here, Pat. Is that so much of the attitude and language and approach of the Biden administration infuriated people who were very open and to getting the vaccine? Off. Yeah, I right? was open to it in the beginning. Yeah, and it's like, and then wound up not getting it because people were just like, "Get out of my face! What are you talking yep. about?" It was a violation of their personal liberty, and it felt like giving in to a, a terrible government uh program rather than just like okay this you know this medicine works or it doesn't yeah which is how you're this is how medicine's supposed to be you know you're supposed to make medical decisions based on whether you think it's good or not not Mm -hmm. how the government is forcing you into it and threatening you to be fined or be thrown out on the streets from your job yeah that really hurt really hurt seven two seven uh triple eight 
888-727-BECK. More patents stew for Glenn. Coming up. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. In life, there are good and bad surprises. Finding 20 bucks, good surprise. Car breaking down, really bad surprise. When you have a car protection plan through CarShield, those bad surprises are a lot easier to handle. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month that cover more parts than ever before. When you need a repair, you don't have to deal with the paperwork or the headaches. Just choose the mechanic you want to work with, and CarShield administrators will handle the rest. And here's a good surprise. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. So lock in your price by getting coverage today, and it'll never go up. CarShield helps make the surprise of your car breaking down easier to handle. Get coverage like I did because I never worry about my trucks at the ranch. I know when I need them, they'll be ready to roll. Carshield.com slash Beck. 800-391-8888. Save 10% on your plan now. Carshield.com slash Beck. 800-391-8888. Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we were just talking about the weird thing with uh, with Democrats and, and Big Pharma now. Well, Pfizer has just signed a new $3.2 billion COVID vaccine deal with the U.S. government. So uh, they've got a new vaccine for the new Omicron variant. Yeah. And uh, apparently it's been adapted to that. It's, it's fascinating. The, the, the vaccine they keep telling people to take now is, is, is sort of ancient. Right, mm-hmm. like it was created two and a half years ago. Like we've went through a mm. million variants. It does. It is a. It's a strange part of this, and yeah. that like, and separate from Pat, the vaccine of whether you want to take it or not. At some point, does this go back to a normal healthcare item? Like at some point, is the government not paying? Like we all have either health insurance or Obamacare, which solved all of our healthcare problems. Oh, oh right. So right. At some point, does this go back to like? You, if you want the vaccine, you put it on your insurance. Like at some point, does that happen again? Or are we just now? I think it might. They just go into, we're just auto into, they pay for every piece of care. Like did this <laughs> just happen? Sure. Uh, like in front of our eyes here? Yeah. I, I think it goes back to normal because eventually we're going to treat this as part of normal life. I mean, I think that we're there. Yeah, we're probably and there. This is why I'm questioning Especially in this, Texas. Right? Like, yeah. why Why are we spending billions and billions more from the government to these companies? If you want it, get, get it. it. But, you know, you're <laughs> exactly. responsible for your health care. Right. right? That's how everything else is. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Getting to the gym and working out is a great idea. Um, although, unfortunately, they don't actually have gyms in in Texas. Uh, Supreme Court overruled them, so they don't have any. We don't even have options. You know, it would be great if we did, but I'm not we, sure that's we true. We can't go to to the gym here. Uh, the problem, of course, once you get to the gym, if you can find one that's not banned, is you actually have to work out, and that sucks. Getting fit and staying healthy is a lot of work, and if you're going to try to do that, you need to eat healthy. Seconds. 
for uh, for I know uh, my wife in particular loves the built bars. Now she actually is healthy. She's found a gym. Maybe I don't know if it's black market, but it's open. And she goes all the time and she eats built bars because they're like 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. They're also made with 100% real chocolate. They have great flavors. You're going to love. These are the best. She's been eating these coconut brownie puffs, which are like a marshmallow situation going on. I mean, she loves these things. We always have them at the house. Don't miss it. Go to built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order. Use the promo code BEC15 for 15% off at built.com. It's built. Stu, uh, Russian oil, man, are we making them suffer? <laughs> oh man, that embargo, that ban on Russian oil has just crippled them. We'll tell you about that. Also, confidence in institutions in the United States, uh, not what it once was. We'll get into that and lots more coming up in 60 seconds. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. 888-727-BECK. Man, I'm glad we put the hammer down on Russian oil uh, because they are suffering right now. Uh, they, they're not making a dollar. Well, I- except for the fact that Russian oil exports are higher now than they were before the invasion of Ukraine. Other than that, uh, it's going really well. Uh, Russian crude oil exports by countries and regions. Uh, they they've exported less to Europe, but um, unfortunately, India and China have made up the difference, and then some. So they're actually exporting more, uh, thanks to India and China. That's and this great. is so they are 
And Turkey. And Turkey. Great. And Turkey. Yeah. They are lowering the price, obviously, to get these. Uh, they have. Yeah. They've lowered the price. The money isn't necessarily as good as it was before. And if prices come down, they could be in some trouble. But this is also, we should point out, not just you know fueling the Russian war effort and keeping their society afloat, mm-hmm. but also really helping China. Because they're buying tons of oil at a discounted price. They're running their economy mm-hmm. on discounted oil. Yeah. Which we can't buy. And then Europe can't mm-hmm. buy. Mm-hmm. So China has a, not only do they get the benefit of not being the target of our ire right now, because Russia is, uh, they also get the benefit of this incredibly important part of their economy coming at a heavy discount. <laughs> nice. So it's working uh, it's really worked, well for us. Worked out well for China. For China, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it really is a fact. Not so much for us. Uh, it, I, and now Russia has taken Jeez. 20% of Ukraine. So they now control 20% of Ukraine. Now, again, yeah. look, do you want to control a bunch of stone buildings that have collapsed, That's which is essentially what they now control? They control rubble. They control a bunch of rubble. They destroyed. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a terrible everywhere. Uh, every, every part of this is terrible. bad for everyone. So yeah. there's not anything to celebrate here, with the exception of China that seems to actually be doing pretty well. I guess India as well, who used to really be an ally. I mean, mm-hmm. our, maybe our biggest hope in the developing world. Here's a country that is essentially uh, that has essentially embraced capitalism at some level. Uh, they're kind of what we want, what we wanted China to become, right? This this huge, huge company or country with massive production uh, possibilities, with a huge uh, mm-hmm. base of of consumers uh, that actually almost as many as of, China now. Yeah, and it's actually, incredible. Yeah, it really is. People always think of China as the biggest by far, but really, yeah, they're not. right there. It's they're over one point four billion to one point three billion. I yeah. think very close. Between and, the two of them. And here's a country that had leadership that loved us. I mean, why, go back and watch the footage of Trump visiting, and I think it was 2019. They they loved the guy. Loved Donald loved Trump. Loved the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, he got along really well with their leadership there, mm-hmm. and they were a real hope for the future. And honestly, mm. ever since Biden's been in office... I can't believe they don't love Biden, a guy who said this about their people. The largest growth in population uh-huh. is Indian Americans moving huh. from India. Right. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven <laughs> huh. or a Dunkin' Donuts yeah. unless you have a slight Indian accent. <laughs> I'm not joking. Now, what's, not joking. what's not to love? He's not joking about that. Yeah, if he was there joking, really are you might a lot of that. Indian people, mm-hmm. people from India, working at 7-Elevens in Delaware. Has there ever been a stereotype about that? By any chance? I mean, it's not. Did they throw huh. a poor Apu out of the Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, they because, did. <laughs> because he was uh, the yes, successful small businessman, and that was a negative stereotype <laughs> of Indians. That's what we're supposed to be told. <laughs> Idiotic people. This country Unreal. is so stupid sometimes. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I hate to, I hate to go down that road, but it's so true. You're banning mm-hmm. Simpsons characters, right? Because. Why? Because Apu, what was Apu in the show? He was one of the most responsible, intelligent people on the show. He <laughs> ran a small business, well, mm-hmm. that lasted for multiple decades. <laughs> and they threw him off the show because he had an Indian accent. Yet Joe Biden could get elected in the same year that occurred as yes. president of the United States. <laughs> that makes a lot it's of incredible. sense, guys. That, that makes a lot of sense. It really is incredible.
Oh. We were talking a few minutes ago about the uh, big pharma situation that also doesn't make any sense uh, with Democrats loving big pharma now and, <laughs> and how well Pfizer and, and Moderna are doing in this country. And Pfizer's doing even uh, even better because they just signed a $3.2 billion deal with the U.S. government for 105 million new doses of the new COVID-19 vaccine that's retooled to fight Omicron. So they mm. adapted it for Omicron. They they also adapted it for, for Delta. Delta. Yeah, they, I mean, but they didn't do it in time, right? Like, by like the time they did it in time, the government didn't approve it in time. So, so then, by the time by they time, were going yeah. to approve it, it was already kind of gone. Yeah, and fading. I, if I remember, this is going back a few months here, but the the part of the analysis was it helped, but it didn't help so much that it was worth going through the process of getting it approved and and getting it produced, which again is a problem, right? Like, yeah, you might not want to take the vaccine, whatever it does, whether you want to or not, we, it would be sensible if the government wasn't getting in the way of yeah. this. It right. would also be sensible if the government wasn't forcing it on you, right? Yes. Like that's the nice sweet point. I mean, the company makes the stuff and you decide whether you want to take it. Wait, I, that's, that's a I, concept. I know. I have the choice. Yeah. The freedom to choose. It's a similar concept to the... My uh, body, my choice? Yes. Kind of huh. like that. Okay. It's a similar concept to the Taco Bell toasted cheddar chalupa, mm. which Taco Bell just made, and then you decide whether you want it or not. <laughs> we didn't get... The, the government wasn't like, wait a minute. We First of all, we're going to come to every Taco Bell and force people to buy it. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't come and say, you're not allowed to put a chalupa on the menu. They didn't do any of those things. It's just there, and you go through the drive-thru and buy it if you want. Huh. That's how I thought this country was supposed to operate. Mm-hmm. But apparently apparently not. And I, I really, I don't know. At this point, like, at some, cancer, you know, I think there's a story today out, I think Axios has it, that COVID was the number three cause of death in the United States in 2020 and 2021, behind uh, heart disease and cancer. Which is kind of like mm. where it looked like it was going to settle, and it did, in the right there for those two years. And as far as I understand, and I thankfully at this particular moment, I'm not afflicted with either of these ailments, heart disease or cancer. I know Pat, you had a, a cancer situation at one point. Mm-hmm. Did the government pay for all the drugs that you used? Did they pay for all the treatments? Did it they did step not. in? They paid for none of them. None exactly of it. none of it. Exactly none. Exactly none. Like I not approximately, it was exactly none of it. Now I can understand, and I, I maybe this is controversial, but I can understand that in March 2020, you know, Operation Warp Speed, where they're getting in, they're they're funding these things to try to get the solution as fast as possible because we have nothing to fight a brand a novel virus, right? Mm-hmm. The government stepping in for that is not a crazy function of government to me. And uh, and that's pretty much as a guy who wants the government to do nothing. Right? Like I want them mm-hmm. to do defense and, you know, every once in a while decide some court cases like that's basically all I want them to do at the federal level. And like this is the type of thing where like I think there's room for the government to be involved in clearing out all of the nonsense, right? Clearing out all of the layers of bureaucracy. Everyone turned into a libertarian there for a while when they were like, oh, my God, uh, just clear out all this crap. Stop the 12-week delays before looking at this stuff. Get it done, right? And I think mm-hmm. our society operates pretty well when we when we look at things that way. Um, so you can even understand 
the early funding of of these types of treatments, all of the treatments, not just the, the vaccine, but all the other stuff that, you know, monoclonal antibodies, you know, like a lot of different things came out and, and, and were helpful at different periods during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But at some point, we've settled into a situation where now it is just part of our lives. Everyone understands that you may get COVID one day, you may get sick, you may miss some work. Most people will be totally fine afterward. Some people will have longer term consequences that are damaging. Some people will die, sadly. Some people will go to the hospital. We all understand the risk groups. We've all kind of come through two and a half years of this where we've gained a quite a bit of knowledge here. And at some point, does this transfer back to a normal health problem, which you have insurance for? Like, that's how you deal with cancer. That's Mm -hmm. how you deal with heart disease. That's how you deal with all of these other ailments. And for some reason, we're still paying billions of dollars from the government for this. I don't think there's going to be a problem with demand over the vaccine from Pfizer. Now, Pfizer makes plenty of money. They make the little blue pill. They don't necessarily... We do not need to feel bad for Pfizer, okay? I don't think that's a... Even if you're on the left and all of a sudden you you suddenly love Pfizer and they're your heroes, they do okay. They did okay before the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Pfizer makes plenty of money. In a moment where you're talking about, hey, can you guys spend a quick billion dollars to develop a vaccine that you have no idea whether it's going to work? Okay, in the middle of a pandemic, you could make the argument that's a time for some government funding. Now, like, even if you eliminate half the country who is more skeptical of the vaccine at this point, you know, say the right, none of them on the right are going to take it. Nobody on the right is going to take it. Only the left is going to take it. Pfizer can still make plenty of money off their vaccine. They're not going to, they're going to struggle. Everyone on the left is apparently... Like they're wearing like concert t-shirts for Pfizer at this point. Yeah. You know, they've become yeah. fanboys. They're like bronies for Pfizer. So at this point, well, they're involved in the, they're involved in the, uh, um, uh, the, the copyright, not the copyright, but the, uh, uh I've drawn a complete blank to what it's called, but they, aren't they part the of the patent? Yeah, the patent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, there's some conflicting Isn't information there? on that. Yeah, I, Glenn went down this road for a while, and I can't remember how he because he did a special on this at one point. And there's some stuff that makes you that, that <laughs> he, he he that leaned one way, and then there was pushback on it. I don't remember how it turned out, honestly. But I mean, look, the bottom line is that Pfizer is going to get their money, whether it comes from the government or from insurance companies. Yeah, Plenty, everybody's going to make their everyone's, money. Yeah, everyone's going to make their money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you could say, oh, I don't think that's good, and that's fine. But like, if Government stops paying Pfizer for this vaccine. People will still get it. They can just, Mm -hmm. it's no longer a question Mm -hmm. of whether it's going, you know, whether people are going to want to buy it or whether it's, we're way past that. It's it's like none of this stuff makes sense. The reason why uh, Operation Warp Speed made some sense at the time was they tried a ton of different things. Some of them, by the way, completely failed. Like that was the, the point of the government the only thing that this is what I always say the, the only thing that government actually can do well better than not better but like when they're useful the only time government is useful is when you don't care about inefficiency like and I, a good example of this is the military right mm-hmm. the military might try to develop 50 different weapons and 49 of them might not work and that is an acceptable thing for most people in America because we realize that getting that one that does is worth the 49 that don't, right? Mm-hmm. We are okay with that because we want our defense to be good. The, que- the, the problem there is not one of profit or loss. 
the idea there is to say we need it no matter what the cost. We need the best weapons to defend against a, a, a foreign attack. We need to, to have a, a nuclear deterrent, right? There's no profitability argument for a nuclear weapon. You're doing that mm-hmm. in a way that you know is going to be efficient. Holding a standing army is incredibly inefficient, right? You, what, most of the time, our soldiers don't do anything related to war. And it's an incredibly inefficient expenditure for our government. But we know they need to be ready in case we need them. The same thing here. You throw it out like normally you wouldn't want to try to develop 20 different vaccines knowing that 18 of them wouldn't work right. You wouldn't do that. That wouldn't make any sense for a company. So, okay, maybe there's an argument. But we're past that. We have multiple vaccines on the market Mm -hmm. that have been approved. Can we move on with our lives? Why are we still spending money on this? doesn't make any sense. It's a good question. 888-727. Back. In life, there are good and bad surprises. Finding 20 bucks. Good surprise. Car breaking down. Really bad surprise. When you have a car protection plan through CarShield, those bad surprises are a lot easier to handle. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month that cover more parts than ever before. When you need a repair, you don't have to deal with the paperwork or the headaches. Just choose the mechanic you want to work with and CarShield administrators will handle the rest. And here's a good surprise. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. So lock in your price by getting coverage today and it'll never go up. CarShield helps make the surprise of your car breaking down easier to handle get coverage like i did because i never worry about my trucks at the ranch i know when i need them they'll be ready to roll carshield.com slash back 800-391-8888 save 10 percent on your plan now carshield.com slash back 800-391-8888 uh you got a Whole kind of along the lines of what we were just talking about, right? Yeah. The is, government intervention, whether it's a positive or negative thing to the American people. Yeah. And so the question is specifically about your most important concern. What is it, Whatever your most important concern is for your family, mm-hmm. is the government helping or hurting that? And you go back through history and you see, okay, there are times, it's usually a little bit negative mm-hmm. where like, you know, when you, the summer of 21 where covid cases are at an all-time low the vaccines have just rolled out that's a period where people were pretty excited about generally speaking what the government was doing for that particular problem which was the biggest concern of most of a lot of people at least at that time and so even then it was 34 percent said it was hurting the government was hurting their most important concern and 31 percent said they were helping 38 31 34 31 34 so close really close close yeah that's changed a little bit as of December 2021, it was 46% saying it was hurting, the federal government was hurting, and only 25% said it was helping. That's at the end of last year. A little update to that number. <laughs> New numbers out from Monmouth on this question. Is hmm. the federal government impacting your most important family concern positively or negatively? Okay. Positively, 8%. Negatively, 57 percent it's 57 so it's to 8 lightly underwater yeah. now <clears throat> minus huh. 49 there pat wow they've gone from minus and the three rest are like it's neutral or yeah i i don't know i don't know i don't why are you I don't asking know. me that government what 
What is that? That's by far by far the lowest wow. it's ever been. The only time it's ever really been close to that was huh. uh, back in the Obama administration. It did drop as low as 14% in one poll. But remember, Obama mm. was president among two of the biggest wave elections we've had in a long time. Yeah. I mean, one, the 2010 election was the biggest wave election we've had in a century. And that is what the opportunity is for here for Republicans is here. They, they could have... A historic, historic election here. Historic yeah. wave election we have Or they seen could completely blow it. Uh, that's entirely possible <laughs> as well. Uh, all right, let's go to Sarah in Missouri. Hey, Sarah, you're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Good morning. Good morning, good morning Pat and Stu. Hey, how are you? Good, good. We're, we're mm. a sunshiny day here in Missouri. We're loving mm-hmm. the Pat and Stu show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. What can we do for you? Well, I was uh, listening to you guys this morning, obviously, and I was mm-hmm. just asking, thinking, you know, I wonder if the, if the um, pharmaceuticals will ever be held accountable. Um, and like I say, they're making boatloads of money. And when will it ever be turned back over to them? And yeah. you, just, you think the mainstream media will ever hold them accountable so they'll have to I don't know, I guess, speak the truth. (laughs) I very much doubt it. They've actually, uh, appreciate the call. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, They've actually been protected by the federal government uh, from any sort of um, lawsuits. Uh, They're immune to those now. And this is something that the Republicans largely fought for um, because the Democrats wanted them to be able to be sued if things went wrong. Again, mm-hmm. remember, you have to reverse how people felt about these things back then. Republicans were saying you got to protect these guys so they can they can come up with this and not be terrified right. of lawsuits. And it switched around. And Democrats again. were saying, we're going to sue you bastards when Trump screws up this vaccine. <laughs> right. right now, it's totally reversed. But that is there. Are, those protections were built in. But largely. Biden keeps saying uh, the gun manufacturers are the only industry yeah. that's protected from lawsuits <laughs> and uh no no no, no it's that not even really true with the gun industry by right. the way but, it's not uh that that is uh, it, there are lots of protections for those types of industries in those circumstances they're limited circumstances though typically so there it depends like if there's something really egregious that they can still get hit with some of the stuff it's and just you're gonna have to really prove it yeah yeah recently yeah. uh lost a lawsuit triple eight 727-BECK. More Pat and Stu for Glenn coming up. The Glenn Back Program. These days, you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. But with all that information just floating out there, it can make the internet a practical goldmine for identity thieves. Actually, that's, that's not fair. Gold miners. Mining is actually hard work. Stealing your identity is dangerously easy. It's also incredibly costly and terribly frustrating if you get hacked. Now is an easy time to join up with LifeLock and... Help protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your information and alerts you to personal identity threats. And if you are a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock. They can't protect you from everything. Nobody can, but they're the best in the business in my book. 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off your first year. Identity theft protection starts here. Your daily antidote to the socialism virus. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK.
Pat Gray, Stuber Gear for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Uh, by the way, uh, if you like the greatest cookies that have ever existed on this planet, may I recommend Kexi.com. And you'll get 15% off the price right now uh, for this week. So for a limited time only, 15% off. Mm. Kexi.com. K-E-K-S-I.com. Uh, offer the promo code PAT15 and you'll get 15% off. Freaking delicious. I love those things. Uh, and we've got some, we've got a great lineup right now. Uh, the orange chocolate chip, the peanut butter crunch, mm, that one's good. the salted caramel, the oh, Texas yeah. sheet cake. Oh, I really like the sugar lemon cookie. I don't know. I'm on a big lemon kick right now. And then the strawberry pop tart has become quite <laughs> popular. Oh, I haven't had that one yet. Yeah. Stra- I'll have Stra- to bring that in. Yeah. It's Please really good. do. Please it's do. Really good. Pat. Yes. Great idea. Plus, I mean, if you want a great t shirt right now, <laughs> where would I find one? I would recommend the 62422 t shirt. Yes, Pat. Uh, we, that's going. 62422. Yeah, what date is what that? What happened on that day? Mm, well, that was the day huh. the Supreme Court decision came out on Roe versus Wade. And what I like about it is it's not in your face. It's J6. not. J6. But what about J6? The day democracy almost died. Yeah, this the is. The day democracy almost died. Well, this is the day it was restored, apparently. Uh, <laughs> because uh, no longer does the Supreme Court make your laws for you. You are now able to influence your laws at the state level. I seriously believe this to be the best Supreme Court decision of my lifetime. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, I, I mean, maybe you could argue and say they should have gone as far as Clarence Thomas did. Yeah. In the actual Maybe. opinion, mm-hmm. um, just not even from a basis of what he was talking about overturning, but just the, the legal aspects of that, I think, are more sound. But, but still, but especially just since incredible. I, I never expected this. Never. And, and I know you didn't either because we've talked about this before <laughs> many times. Pessimists. It's not going to yes. happen. No. And all of these people that are whining and crying about Roe v. Wade, shut up. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And then it happened. And then it happened. So proven wrong happily yeah. on June 24th 2022 you can get that, that uh, get That's the shirt great. now at stewdoesmerch.com stewdoesmerch.com and there's a lot of great t-shirts and stuff up there including you know uh the nancy pelosi <clears throat> sucks pens and all that other stuff but uh check out that one it's one of the biggest sellers right now and i i just like it because it's a way of making a statement uh you know without having to i don't know have your shirt covered in fetuses you know it's like <laughs> I, I understand we all love babies but you know I like just, you're going to know what it is. Other people who yeah. are pro-life are going to know what it is. The left <laughs> yeah. is probably going to be like, what's that? What day? Is that another day Donald Trump tried to change democracy? Uh, no, it's not. But no. thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so available now, studosmerch.com. Stu10 is the code if you want to save 10%. And the thing is, uh, Stu and I were, were skeptical about the Supreme Court because we completely lost faith in the, at least I had yeah. pretty much lost faith in the Supreme Court, even though everybody said, oh, this is the most conservative Supreme Court, the history of the planet. And I, I didn't really buy into that because they hadn't up until this point, up until this session, really, they hadn't made rulings that warranted believing that, that these guys were really and, and women were really conservative enough to mm-hmm. overturn Roe v. Wade to do something like that. Well, the big difference there is Amy Coney Barrett, right? This does yeah. people, uh, you know, it's, you, it was a 6-3 decision in the Supreme Court to uh, for this ruling. However, uh, John Roberts really wasn't on board with it. He was on board with what I expected to be the best case the scenario. Narrow which was, ruling. It was a narrow ruling that said, okay, 15 weeks are, is a go. 
which would have been an improvement. Look, I would. Yeah, uh, I'd uh, take, uh, take it. Take me, take take me back five, ten years. I would have loved to get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been incredible. Just to allow states to limit it to 15 weeks, which is something the overwhelming majority of Americans support. By the way, that is uh, there was just a poll that came out today from Harris and yeah, Harvard. Yeah, we keep hearing how the American people support Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah, the, yeah that's not, yeah, not really. first they, trimester abortion by name. They support it. Yeah, they don't know what it is. <laughs> right <laughs> frankly uh 72 of the country would support mississippi's abortion ban at the center of the dobbs case which was 15 weeks 72 percent who's in the mainstream good. here remember up mm-hmm. until a few weeks ago the mainstream republican position what they were pushing for legislatively was a 20 week ban not 15 but 20 mississippi went farther i talked to the woman who wrote the bill she went that far she went to 15 weeks because she, and it was a woman, by the way, also a maternity nurse mm. who wrote the bill. But she wrote the bill, and she did it because she once uh, had to deliver a baby at 15 weeks, and the baby struggled to survive, and she always remembered that child. And so she went for 15 weeks. Wow. To, because she wanted to give these babies a chance. And so that was what they went for. Obviously, it wound up being an overturn of Roe versus Wade. But the, even the, Repu- the Republican legislative position was a 20-week ban in most states. And mm. that is a more restrictive ban is supported by 72% of the country right now. Right now. Uh, another couple of fascinating things. Um, women more pro-life than men in the poll. And... Only 25% agreed that the Supreme Court, as opposed to state or federal lawmakers, should set the standards on abortion. And what's fascinating about that is it shows that people don't know what Roe versus Wade is. Roe versus Wade is the Supreme Court making the rules instead of state and federal log- legislators. Mm-hmm. Is, it is, they, imp- they just took the process of lawmaking out and said, no, this doesn't count because it's a constitutional right. Now... The overturning of Roe versus Wade means that federal and state legislators can can argue this out for 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 the first time in a long time, Pat. Yeah, they gave up their power. This never happens that they gave up their power and gave it back to the states. That's mm-hmm. an amazing thing. And one of the weaknesses of conservatism, honestly, as a as a as a movement, because you're depending on people getting into power and then trying to limit their own power. And almost none of them ever do it. Mm-hmm. And here we have a Supreme Court that did. They said, you know what? We don't want this power. This isn't ours. We don't want it anymore. Well, stop saying it's ours. It's not. And honestly, the biggest difference there is Amy Coney Barrett, who comes in and is that fifth vote to actually have a spine. And one of the reasons why, Pat, we never thought we'd see this happen is because we knew we couldn't depend on John Roberts. And we were right on that. Yeah. We actually couldn't. In the biggest moment, he failed. It was 5-4 without him. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Roe v. Wade, he was not in support of overturning it. No, he said he only basically wanted the 15-week ban in a limited uh, scope. Now, Kavanaugh also had a concurring opinion, so he voted the right way, but wrote a concurring opinion that sort of indicated he wasn't really willing to go this far on other things and was like, "This is I'm limiting this decision to X, Y, and Z. And he was the other guy we were worried about. Mm-hmm. And so he almost, I mean, <laughs> this was a close call, boys and girls. This was a close one. Yeah. But he was able to at least vote the right way, and thank God for it. I mean, it's a, all this allows us to do is to make our argument. Now our argument can be heard and not dismissed 
Yeah. It doesn't mean we win the argument. It just allows us to make it with some effect of potential legislation at some point in some of these states. And that's the way, I mean, that I don't think that's the way this should end up. I think it should be illegal. And all, already but, in some of these states, uh, the states have been blocked from the abortion bans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas's was I I believe ban- uh, they, blocked. They did go through for now. Yeah, it, it, they then did go through with it. So, okay. Yeah, because they were trying to ban it. Um, that did not because it was. An, I think the Texas situation. There's a bunch of different situations. So forgive me if I'm getting these confused. But I think it was Texas that had an older law <laughs> that was so old that came back into effect. This happened in <clears throat> Wisconsin and Michigan as well, where they had state they had laws passed from way before Roe. It was illegal when Roe happened. Mm-hmm. And then they never bothered to change the law, even though those two states would probably allow abortion. Um, they never changed the law through all the row period thinking, oh, well, this is going to be like this forever. Obviously, now it's not. So those old laws from some of them from the 1800s take effect mm-hmm. and go back into effect. So Wisconsin and Michigan are having that issue now. Texas, of course, wanted that law to go back into effect. The activists tried to block it and were unsuccessful. Was it Utah that was also blocked? I think Utah was blocked as well. Yeah. Uh, Florida's being challenged. Uh-huh. It's really amazing, too, to see these judges who are clearly just just acting on the basis of they want abortion. There's no legal basis at this point. After the Supreme Court makes this decision, there's no legal basis for them to say you can't have a 15-week abortion ban in Florida. Right. And there's really... Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was a 6-3 on that one. And still, they tried to, they're trying to block it. This one, they're trying to do be through the state Supreme Court... And they're trying to say, well, they voted in a privacy uh, 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 clause in the, in the state constitution. So Florida may have some finagling they need to do to alter, and some of these other states as well, to alter their state constitutions if, this, if these liberal activists are successful in challenging them. But generally speaking, you're going to see a lot of states restrict abortion. And you'll see a lot of them go to 15 weeks, too. I think people are forgetting it's not going to be ban or abortion Disneyland. You know, there's a, there's that position kind of in between where you have uh, you know a, but abortion Disneyland is kind of where we were that's where we were uh, you could pretty much and the Democrats insisted that there not be any restraint on it at all it's yeah. just abortion on demand for whatever reason you want any time you want yeah and that's right up to birth DC had legal at any point in women's pregnancy Virginia was up to the 25th week. South Carolina was the 20th week. Iowa, the 22nd week. Uh, Washington State, legal at any time. New Jersey, at any time. legal at any time during the pregnancy. New Mexico. Fully formed infants mm-hmm. can be aborted. Legal at any time. New Mexico. Colorado, legal at any time. Jeez. Vermont, legal at any time. Alaska, legal at any time. Uh, New Hampshire was the 24th week. I have a selection of these wow. rules that we just happen to go through. But like you go That's through this incredible. and you say... All of those laws are far. How many states do, do you recall just offhand? Is it just those? I mean, I think I pull out, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven here that were at any time. At of course, it could be more any than that. Time. I, don't, I think California is, is at yeah, any time. Yeah, California was, didn't they go for like a week after? I, that was one of the they went for potential a, outcomes yeah. of a new uh, piece of regulation. Yes, you know they are saying that's not true, but but there are a lot of critics saying eh, actually it kind of is legally allowed. Let's see this one go through the courts, which is a real problem. Obviously. Incredible! I yeah. mean, used you're going to gonna be, kill your baby after a week. It's a week after it's been born. 
I feel like there was a point where we united on you can't kill people after they're born. <laughs> I, there thought, was a point where we were like I on the same side was, of that, yeah. wasn't there? I mean, that seems like ancient history now and so provincial. Yeah. Oh, you can't kill a baby after the, a week after they're born? <laughs> what kind of Puritan are you? I mean, we've been arguing that you should be able to <laughs> abort Jeffy in the 200th trimester. Yes. Uh, up to maybe the 500th trimester. <laughs> But that's just one person, that's one just individual. one person. Yeah, that, you know? that's, uh, that only applies to Jeffy. We'll right. have to test that in the Supreme Court. But mm-hmm. uh, 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. A new report shows that almost 71% of Americans feel their paychecks are not going to be able to keep up with inflation. Not just to be able to get ahead, but to just keep up. We all know where this is coming from. The people supposedly fighting inflation are the same ones giving it to us in the first place. You have a responsibility to yourself and your family to do what you can to get ahead while it's still possible to get ahead. This is where American financing comes in. This time, American financing is there with power to maybe help you. Unlike some of the banks, flexible mortgage returns uh, and terms, cash out refinancing, even debt consolidation. Please call them. They don't work for the banks. They work for you. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Just two days away from Power Hour on Studios America. Yes, I think it's our fourth one we've done. These are ridiculous escapades where we try to attempt to talk politics with a great panel while doing one shot of beer per minute for an hour. <laughs> uh, the beginning is somewhat coherent, and then it goes downhill. You know what? This just seems to me like a an excuse to drink beer on the air. I, there, uh, Some people have said, are you just trying to drink huh, at work? And I yeah. am very offended by that. This is an experiment. <laughs> are you, are you uh, offended by that? Oh, very offended. You look offended. I, in fact, uh, yeah. so offended, <laughs> okay. I won't even give you a reason why it's not just drinking at work. Because I'm, I'm so disgusted well, you're not by the suggestion. Qualify it Thank with a, an excuse. Exactly. And, and you probably shouldn't. It, it's at uh, it's right after the regular show. Soon as America right. airs at 8 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV. But 9 p.m. <clears> Eastern. <throat> Uh, will be the power hour. We've got Chad Prather. We've got uh, Alex Stein, which is going to be he's going to be fun. We've mm-hmm. got Andrew Heaton mm. uh, joining us for the panel. Sarah mm-hmm. Gonzalez, my wife Lisa Page will be there. It's going to be a, a great time, and uh, make sure to check it out. StuDoesPowerHour.com. You can check it out there, or it's on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/StuDoesAmerica. Did I hear something about a complaint we got from a show we did last well, week? I'm glad uh, you pointed that out. Yeah, because I wanted to call you out on this. I'm, I was really? upset personally <clears throat> were you and i'm glad i was not the only one we got a, an angry letter from a listener oh no who was very concerned mm-hmm. that y- you mm-hmm. pat gray mm-hmm. were mocking native americans last week oh i would never on this program never now when i got this letter i said to myself when did we do that we were not i don't ever remember mocking native americans we wouldn't knock what are You're you talking right. about what do they're like, you were making all these jokes that were offensive and they were about Native Americans. And I was thinking, I was just going through my my archives in mm-hmm. my head of like, wait, did we do something? Did we say something? Did I screw something up? Like, what what happened? <laughs> was it when- and I finally traced it back. Oh, boy. 
which yeah, was to Indian Reservation <laughs> by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Yes, I guess. <laughs> understandably by the way one of our listeners did not know you were reciting song lyrics a real song oh wow which so is, they would have really taken offense to the the uh bow and arrow the <laughs> the took away our native tongue taught their english to our young yes yeah okay the beads we, and made, all the by beads hand, we made by hand yeah. are nowadays made, made in japan in japan and or, then you always add in or more like more nowadays china <laughs> <laughs> And so, so they didn't. They were not familiar with Paul Revere and the Raiders. This apparently. is a this is a thing okay. that Pat has done on the air for like a hundred as long as I've known you. Literally as yeah. long as I've known you. Yeah. Where you quote this as if it's like factual, <laughs> and, and just because to kind of mock the absurdity of the song. Right. And it's even right. more absurd now because none of, that song could not be released today. Oh no way. Especially not from authentic I mean, Native Americans. No. Which they weren't. I mean, it's from 1970. Yeah. So it's 50 years old. It is 50 years old now. Uh, so. But yes, it, Pat. Not is not actually part of the Cherokee tribe. In case no. there is anyone else like Elizabeth Warren who might be confused mm-hmm. over this, that is not the case, uh, and does not actually well, have those lived experiences. <laughs> All right, uh, we will see you again tomorrow. Uh, filling in for Glenn once again. Have a great day. This is the Glenn Back Program.